Praise the Lord. Thank you, Linda. What a be- she doesn't want me to say anything about her. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Amen. We're so blessed to have you in our church. Amen. Well, I'm not going to preach very long because we've got a lot to do. We're still going to take communion. So as they said there, begin to prepare your hearts. But I do want to give you a word this morning, uh, continuing off of the offering. And I want to talk about being the light of the world. At this time of the year, how many know we need to be reminded with all the lights? How many like lights, by the way? Does anybody like lights like I do? I love lights at the house. I love lights on the Christmas tree. How many, how many like our Christmas tree, by the way? Isn't that a cool Christmas tree? I'm a little biased to it because I made it, but I think it's pretty cool. Amen. But my wife had the design, and by the way, be lifting up Carla. She's not feeling good today, so I'm half here. Amen. I'm missing my wife being with me. It's, it's been, I can't even remember the last time that I, I've been gone a lot of times preaching, but I can't even remember the last time that she wasn't here when I was here, so it feels kind of weird. But uh, we were in Costa Rica last year at, near Christmas time, not actually for Christmas, but before Christmas, and we were walking around in, in a mall and saw a tree like this, and Carla was like, we got to do that next year. And so she gives me the picture, and I make it. I cannot create anything from my own, but once I have a picture, I can do it. And so it was fun making it, and it was fun to do something different. So hope you've enjoyed that Christmas tree this year. And the lights, lights, as we look over there and we see those lights flickering, those lights are symbolic as you look up here and see the lamp. I love this lamp. I have one like this at my house. I, I love uh, I love bright lights at sometimes, but I like the dimmer ones. I like the, the mood that it sets you in, the atmosphere. That's why we have some of the lights down today, uh, just for it to feel more like Christmas. But when you look at light, how many know light attracts? There's something about light, and, and when it's dark, our eyes automatically go to where the light is. And that's just the way God made us. God did not make us to like darkness. Amen. Now, if you, it, I'm not saying that there's not moments for darkness. Thank God it gets dark at night because we would get tired of it being light all the time, right? Go ask Alaska. Uh, but, and maybe when you sleep, maybe, maybe you're still, maybe you're a grown-up, but you still sleep with the light on. I don't know if you have that problem or you need some lights. When I sleep, I like all the lights off. I like pitch dark. If there's a light on, I go cover it up with something. So darkness is good for sleeping and darkness is good for nighttime, but... The darkness is, is not God. It's light is God. And so when we see darkness, we see a dark world out there. How many know there's a dark world out there that's lost today? And, and God is asking us, and we're going to read a verse here in a second, to shine more than ever. And, and sometimes as we look at our world and we say, man, this world's really dark right now. The darker the world gets, the lighter, the, bright, the brighter the light shines. Amen. Even if it's a dim light. But I want you to look at that and this and the different lights. And I want you to think, what does my light personally, I'm not asking you to think about the person next to you or behind you or in front of you. I'm asking you to think, what does my light look like this morning? Am I being the light of the world? And how many know sometimes when that light is on, if it's coming from electricity or if it's coming from a fire especially, that light has to be, that fire has to be stoked. And you have to keep the fire going. And we don't want our, our fires to get down. Before we changed out these bulbs, because we've had them out for a few weeks, and, and uh, accidentally one service we left them on, when we came in the next service, they were barely, some were off and some were just barely flickering, just barely alive. And I was like, this is not what you want your life to look like for the Lord. Amen? We have to keep that fire burning. We have to le- keep the light strong. And that's by getting closer to the Lord. Matthew 5, verse 14 says, 
Look what Jesus says. These are some pretty powerful words. You are the light of the world. Again, responsibility. Jesus says, I am, we know Jesus is the ultimate light. But when he left, he says, now you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket. But you put it on a what? Lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Now before we keep reading, how many know that this kind of helps us this morning and in a little bit at the very end we're going to have a candlelight part of the service. It's one of my favorite parts as well and we're going to light a candle and It'll symbolize who, who we are individually in, in our walk with God. And this place will fill up with candles being lit. And it'll be beautiful. But how many understand that that light that God is expecting us to be is a personal light? It's personal. I, I, I can try to fan the flame of yours next to you. And I can try to be an encouragement to you. But I've got a personal light. And Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to spread my gospel throughout the whole world through you as the light. And it says that you... It gives light to all who are in the house. So back in the day, before electricity, we can turn these lights on with a flick. Before then, how many know that when there, when there was light needed, you had to have candles? You had to have, um, uh, what's the, lanterns? You had to have these things right here, lanterns. You had to have torches, whatever they had to light up the house. And, and they had to keep that fire burning all through the night. And today, we kind of take that for granted because we just turn on a switch. Or... Hey, Google, or hey, Alexa. Now we don't even have to turn the switch on. We just tell, and it always makes me laugh because we've got a lot of African friends from our pastors and stuff, and I'll never forget, I'll tell you a quick funny story. I'll never forget uh, Pastor Safari from Kenya. He came over to visit, and he comes every year for our conference, and one year I, uh, he came over to visit us here in, uh, in, te- in Texas, and so I picked him up at the airport, and uh, I, I went out, to, and I had, at that time I had a different truck, and I had an auto start on it. And so I had my key in my pocket, and I go, watch, Pastor Safari. I said, truck start. And he was like, I mean, he, he, he literally fell back and fell. And he goes, he goes that's white man's witchcraft. <laughs> that's exactly what he told me. And so... I can only imagine what he's thinking right now with Alexa and all these different things. We just speak, Alexa, turn the lamp on, and it comes on. But how many know that that's exactly what Jesus did, or sorry, God did 6,000 years ago? He said, let there be light. He Way before Alexa came along, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So ever since that very beginning, when there's light, he has called us to be the light in the world. It goes on to say, let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're supposed to live our lives in such a way that we glorify God in everything that we do. As we begin to end this year, can we think about that today? Can we really focus on what does my light look like? And this is just for us to reflect. This is just for us to think about. And again, at the end, we'll hit that again with the candle, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But I want you to really focus on that. And, and as, we're, as we're spreading the gospel, let me, t- let me tell you this if you're here this morning and you're taking any kind of notes. Would you write down 1 Corinthians 15? Don't read it right now. 
But I was reading it again yesterday. It had nothing to do with the message. But I was thinking, man, I think this, is, this might be my favorite chapter in the Bible. Now, I've got a lot of favorite verses. I've got a lot. But just don't do it now, please. Don't lose the track of mine. But 1 Corinthians 15 is so powerful because it gives such a clear and concise presentation of the gospel from the beginning to the end. And so read it later. But the, the idea is, church, and we were talking about this in discipleship Friday morning, we have to disciple other people. Church is not about coming here and, and just showing up and checking the box off and saying, I went to church. Church is about coming and hearing the word of God, letting it reflect on you, and you saying, what am I doing personally to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in this time? How am I affecting other people's lives? That's the question that we all have to ask. What am I doing? It's not, again, it's not about how come you're not witnessing? How come you're not passing out flyers? How come you didn't go to outreach? How long did you pray this week? It's not about what other people are doing. It's about what am I doing to affect the kingdom of God, and what am I doing to have the light? Now, let me tell you something. When you hang out with somebody, how many know you begin to act like them? So we're going to act like who we hang out with. And so if we're spending time with God, In his presence, we're praying and we're worshiping and we're reading his word. We're going to begin to act and talk and live and look and think like Jesus. That's what being a disciple is. A disciple is a follower of Christ, a person who has discipline in their lives. And so we have that goal. Now, this is kind of heading into 2021, but how many believe and know this morning that we are going to see a revival? Like we've never seen before. Do I have anybody that believes that in here? We're going to see a revival of souls. Lives are going to be changed like never before. I was talking to one of the youth this week, and I remember, I can't remember exactly who it was, but I was, I was thinking, man, if I would have had somebody speak into my life like that when I was that age, man. How many of you remember when you were younger in your teenage years? Maybe you had somebody speak into your life, but I didn't. And I wish I'd had somebody... Like we, like, like we have here with John and Ceci and, and, and others that help lead the youth and, and others that help t- be a good examples. You might not even be in, involved in the youth, but you're being a good example. And these teenagers have something to look forward to, something to look up to, something to listen to. And so I, I have a heart, as you know, for young people, especially teenagers, because I want to I see invested in teenagers and young people things that I never saw invested in me when I was a teenager. You know, my, you know my testimony of when I was, I, I was on my, right on the verge of going to hell when I got saved, as most of us are, and, I, and no one ever told me the things that, that I heard that night, that I had consequences for my sin and all these different things, and so God turned me around, and so I, ever since, when I've preached youth camps or, or anything, or in our churches, I've always been passionate about having a youth leader who really cares about the youth, because I want them to pour into those people, and so we have great youth leaders. How many believe that today? We have wonderful youth leaders. John, I want to ask you to come up here for a second. He doesn't know I'm going to do this. This is a total surprise. And I think Ceci's probably dealing with a kid. That's very possible because they have quite a few. Amen. Come up here right in the light, right right here. We're, we're very thankful for you. I'm going to stay kind of at a distance just so. And uh, we're excited about what God is going to do. I want to ask you to also have any of the youth that are here Come up here with John. Any that are here at this service, we'll have more at the 11. But come up here and stand by them. Let's give them a hand as they come this morning. Amen. So, we've been believing for something. And I want to give you a gift this morning. And, and then, this, since this is not 
prearranged. You guys will have to be excited after you find out what it is. But this is a gift for the youth. And so, John, I want you to open that and see what it is. And this is going into 2021. How many know, how many know good things come in small packages? What is it? Don't they got to act like they, they you got to remember they, they. Oh, okay. So one thing, uh, do they? Should, do sure, I, go ahead. I, I know you one. Explain it better than me. All right. So one. Okay. One one thing that we prayed for in the beginning of the year. Um, one thing, uh, one, uh, quite a bit of the youth. We went we went to a building, couple couple buildings down, and uh, we laid hands on a building, and we said, hey, this is going to be our building one day. We didn't know we didn't know anything about it, but we were just, hey, we're 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 ready to, you know, make it our spot. And uh, you know, we were talking about it yesterday. I said, man, hey, we're going to this year. We're still believing, we're still hoping. I think these are I think these are the keys, amen. <laughs> the keys to the new youth building over there. Amen. So stand there for a second. Well, everybody stand, we're gonna pray over the youth. Let's pray over the youth today, amen? So that's the key to the building. We're going to fix it up. We're going to make it awesome for the youth. We're going to put TVs in there and pool tables and ping pong tables and all kinds of stuff so they can, until you grow out of it. That's what, that's what me and the landlord talked about. Me and Jimmy talked about until you grow out of it, until you can't fit in there anymore. But how, see, I would, I would have loved to have had a spot like that when I was a teenager and have somebody like John speaking into my life. Something, you know, I always tell John, have fun, do all kinds of cool stuff, but you better give him Jesus, right? I mean, I want them to have fun, but they better get Jesus. They better understand that's what this is all about. So we're going to have a spot that they can hang out at, a spot that they can do things at, and, and they've been doing a great job. And we, we've we got 20, 25 youth usually at, at a time, but we're going to have double, triple, quadruple that this year. Amen? So let's, let's, let's pray over them this morning. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for John and Ceci. We thank you for all these teenagers, those that are here, those that are not. Lord, we just pray this morning that you would do a great and mighty work in this building, Father. We thank you that as we take this step of faith to take that building over, you're going to provide everything we need for it. I have no doubt that you're going to do amazing things through this youth group, Father. And you're going to turn, you're going to make these youth even more excited and more thankful, Lord, that you know that your hand is upon them as you've answered their prayers this morning, Father. Thank you for this opportunity. And Lord, we speak into existence all the teenagers that are not here right now that are going to come through this building and through this youth group and through this light that is the youth victory youth of our church, Father. Lord, we bless them and cover them and speak abundance and, and salvation and miracles over them this morning, Father. And we thank you for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Amen. I'm going to ask Destiny to come forward or the musicians. We're going to get ready to prepare for communion. But as they do, church, how many know that this is an awesome opportunity at communion for us to think about what Jesus did for us? Today on Christmas, it's one of the best days to do communion because you, you have the whole gamut. You know, when we do it at Easter or we do it at different times, it's, it's one part, but this is the beginning. It's exciting to think about the beginning, that God had a plan to come down out of heaven and, and, and serve us by being born into this world, into this sinful world. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. 
think about God coming into this sinful world for us. God coming in and saying, I'm going to go down to that dirty, sinful, rebellious, prideful place that doesn't really want me, doesn't really care for me, and I'm going to die for them. And whether they care for me or not, because how many would be honest, there are just some people who just don't care. Some people just don't care. And they may never care. But he says, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to die for every person that's ever lived. And if they want, they can have abundant life. If they want, they can live forever. And so I'm going to ask the ushers to begin to service. Here's what we're going to do as they, as they come forward and grab these this morning. I'm going to read some verses. We're going to uh, have them pass them out to you because we don't want you putting your hand. We're trying our very best to keep the very least uh, contact with things. So they're also the ones that's got the wafer on the top and the glass below. So just stay with me and I'll walk you through this. But as they begin to pass it out, um, obviously your, your requirement for taking this this morning is that you're saved that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. And uh, the reason we say that is, is at the end of, let's go down a few verses to uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. 27, if you could. Push it forward a little bit. We're going to go backwards. He talks about the Lord's Supper, and he says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Now, we don't say that for you to be fearful that you can't take it. What God is saying is, be, be serious about this. Examine your heart. Examine your life. Are you living a life that's worthy? Are you, are you, are you trying to live for the Lord? Is, is God important to you? Does his death on that cross mean something to you? It says, for he who eats and drinks... In an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. And so, we, again, we don't say that for you to be fearful to take it, but we say it for you to be reverent. A lot of times we do things in church, especially if it's a religious church where we just kind of go through the motions and we don't even know what we're doing. And so we like to explain things. But here's what Paul, Paul did. Paul said this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Now stay with me on this. This is all part of the service, all part of the message. Being the light, being a disciple, we are called individually to pass on to somebody else the gospel. Just like I gave those keys to John. John passes those keys down to somebody else and those keys down to somebody else. God, just like you give the light to somebody, just like you give the gospel, you pass it on. You pass it on. And, and, and that's, do you realize that's how the gospel got to us today? 2,020 years later, the gospel is still being preached because those disciples took serious the go and preach the gospel. They went and they told people, look what Jesus did for me. And then those people said, man, I want that Jesus. And they accepted him. And then they went and told somebody else. Do you realize how powerful that is this morning? They didn't have microphones. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have YouTube. They had their mouths and their lives. And they shared the light. And he says right here, this is the key. For I receive from the Lord, that which I receive from the Lord, I deliver to you. If we would just take what... Jesus has given us and give it to somebody else and not try to add, not try to take away. We would just say, look, look what Jesus did. If we would just do that, 
the gospel would go forward. And there wouldn't be enough people or enough room in this church or this parking lot or any church in this, in this city to hold all the people if we would just go and do what Paul says here, for I receive from the Lord, that I also deliver to you. He says that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do drink it in remembrance of me. Now, here's the key. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, what are we doing? We're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. We're, we're looking today for that return of Jesus. We're looking for Jesus to come back for his church. We're ready. We're watching. We're waiting. And until he comes, we take this up and we say, Lord, I remember the body. I remember the blood. I remember what you did for me. I thank you for it this morning. I thank you for my salvation. And, and just for a moment before we take this, let's, let's pray. Let's look inward. Let's, let's check ourselves. Let's examine ourselves. Lord, search our hearts this morning. On this Christmas week, Lord, search my heart today that I would be a thankful person. Search my heart today, Lord, that there would not be any sin in my life, any sin that I know is wrong that I continue to do. Lord, search my attitudes. Search my thoughts. Search me today, Lord, and show me if there's anything in my life that would put out that light that is the light of Jesus. Anything that would cover the light. Anything that would be something that would bring shame to your name, Father. Search me today. Lord, let my attitudes and my mind and my spirit line up with your word. And let my light shine this morning, Father. Lord, forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Show me this morning, Father, once again, that I am your son, that I am your child, that I am the apple of your eye, Father, that you love me and you died on that cross for my sins. Thank you for the gift, God, of your son. Thank you for coming down and becoming man, fully God and fully man. Thank you for everything you did. Search me this morning. Wash me clean as we take this in remembrance of you this morning. In Jesus' name. If you pull back that thing, you'll see the... Oh. <laughs> Paul tried to explain that to me. Pull it back. Whoa, this is going to be tough with a microphone. Help me, Lord. I don't want you to have to touch it, though. Grab a new one, Paul, will you? Grab a new one so you don't have to touch what I touched. I, I'm not sick, but I've been around my wife, so I'm trying extra hard to... There we go. See, Paul tried to tell me, but I was busy with like 12 other things at the moment. Paul, you're such a blessing. Thank you. It's one of the wisest men I know. Go, go wash your hands after you touch that, please. All right. Father, we thank you for this bread this morning. We lift it up before you, and we thank you for what it symbolizes. Your body that was bruised and beaten, your body that went to that cross and took those nails. Lord, the body that symbolizes the bread of heaven, that, Lord, we can 
be satisfied in you this morning. Father, we thank you for giving this bread. We thank you for breaking it before your disciples, Lord, and saying, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me, Father. We do this today with thanksgiving in our heart, and we thank you for the bread of life. In Jesus' name, you can take of the bread. Now you can pull back the other part. Thank, thank God for the new covenant this morning. Amen? That, that, that means that Jesus shed his blood once and for all. That we don't have to go kill the perfect lamb and we don't have to go find a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus was that sacrifice once and for all for us. And the Bible says that the life is in the blood. Our life is in the blood. Amen? Father, we thank you for your blood this morning. When Cain killed Abel, that blood was shed. And your word says that his blood cried out from the ground. And today, Lord, ever since that moment, we understand that blood was shed. And since shed, blood was shed, blood had to be shed for our sins to be forgiven. And Father, we thank you that the blood of Jesus is perfect. And the reason it's perfect is because he was born of a virgin and did not have that sin nature. And he went to that cross and he shed that blood, lots of blood, Father. You shed your blood, Jesus, on that cross so we could be saved. And your, your word says, by your stripes we're healed. And Lord, because of your blood, we're forgiven. And we thank you for this blood this morning. And we take it in remembrance of what you did on the cross for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to keep that, and at the end of the service, you can throw that away individually in the trash cans that are at the exits. Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Yep. I want to end this morning going back to the light, and I want you to get your candles ready in just a moment, and we're going to listen to a song and light these candles. And what I want to finish with is this. I read about the light being shined before men that they would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I ask you again, how many want your life to be lived in such a way that people will glorify God through your life? I know all of you do. We want that, right? And so that's our constant reminder of, of what God has called us to do. But that light has to be protected. One thing that's interesting about this candle that we're going to light in a few minutes is it's individual again. And it has to be protected from the wind. It, it can't be put under something. It has to be held out. It's, it's something that's yours, and it's, it's not automatic. It's something that has to be nurtured. It has to be protected. And that's the picture of our light. We have to protect our walk. The world wants to tell us different things. Even church wants to tell us different things. The, even the religious world wants to tell us different things. We have to protect our walk with God. Amen? And he says, let your works, your good works, glorify your Father in heaven. But there's another interesting thing in Mark chapter 4, verse 21. It's a short verse. And it says, is a lamp, and they don't have it back there, I don't think. Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? So lamps weren't made to be hidden. Lamps weren't made to be under something else. Lamps were be made to be above and lifted up high. And it says, is it not to be set on a lampstand? 
So all the way into the book of Revelation, you'll see in the lampstands, you'll see the significance of lights, you'll see all these different things that mean something. And this morning we have to understand that, that that's an important part of our life is that salvation in, 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 in Jesus makes us a light. Amen? So I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes one more time before we finish. And I want you to examine your heart to make sure this morning that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. And I want you to make sure, I'm not talking about have you ever accepted him. I'm talking about is he number one this morning? I want you to ask that question to yourself. Lord, do I have anything in my life that's hiding my lamp? Is my lamp hidden right now? Am I ashamed of Jesus? Am I, am I ashamed to mention his name? Am I ashamed to pray in public? Am I ashamed to pray for my food? Am I ashamed to pass a track? Am I ashamed? Jesus says, don't be ashamed of me. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And so we have a powerful salvation here this morning, and I want us all to, to check ourselves and ask ourselves, Lord, reveal to me this morning anything that's making my lampstand go underneath the table or underneath the bed, or am I hiding you in any way? Lord, I do not want to be ashamed of you. Search me and show me that this morning. Would you repeat this after me? Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God and you are salvation. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe your blood saves me. The cross saves me. Your resurrection saves me. I confess that with my mouth, and I believe that in my heart. Lord, help me to live my life every day glorifying your name with my works. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask us to stand one more time. I know this might have reminded some of you of being in the Catholic Church or the Lutheran Church or something. We've been up and down quite a bit today. But we're going to play a song here in a second, and I'm going to light this, and uh, I'm going to start on one end, and, and then you're going to light the persons next to you, and then you're going to, it's going to go all across the sanctuary. And we'll just, I want you to listen to this song. But this is a picture of how the gospel spreads. You know, 2,000 years ago before... Think about this for a second. Before Jesus came on the earth, there was no salvation through that cross. There was 400 years of silence. And it might have seemed like there was nothing happening. But all of a sudden, Jesus came on the scene. He became the light of the world. And he lit that first light by coming back to life. And then he went to his disciples. And he said, now I want you to go and pass that on to somebody else. He says, 2 Timothy says, the things I've committed to you teaching you, I want you to commit to others. He said, go and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about how important your light is. And if we began to light it this morning, and at some point here in the middle or over here, someone said, you know what, I'm not going to pass it on. That's where the gospel stops. The gospel stops with me. If I don't pass it on, because how many know there's some people in your life that you can reach I could never reach? And vice versa. And so there's people that I have got to have in my life, that are people that have got to have me in their life so I can pass the light on to them. So as we, as we do this, don't let it just be something we do that's pretty. It is pretty to see all the candles lit. And I wish we could turn off more lights. We're working on that right now, okay? That's part of our project for next year. We've got a light board and lights and all that, but at the moment in this beautiful building, everything's on breakers. And so we can't dim the lights like we would like, but we're going to get the idea. Amen? And so I 
received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I light this thing. And I haven't used a lighter for quite a while, so. And this is symbolic of my light. And so I've got to carry it over here and be careful it doesn't go out even as I talk and pass it on to Mr. Jason.